0: Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. This past month and, and moving forward uh, has been something quite different in our teaching time. Uh, as I began the year, I I've, I've felt God's direction to revisit some of the things I taught you from the book of Daniel. And we looked at that series, 21 Days with Daniel. And the thing that was significant that I felt the Holy Spirit wanted us to see and, and grasp and, and realize was the parallel between Daniel's life in Babylon as an exile and, and how that parallels very much what he's saying to the church in our culture today. I want you to I want you to hear me. We we are the salt and light of this world today. How many can say amen to that? This culture we live in is increasingly, let's be quite honest, becoming quite ungodly. But our response is not angry and bitter. Our response is not that we're martyrs. Our response is not that we should run away and hide. Is everybody with me? Our response is that this is our moment to influence for the glory of God. This is our opportunity to like Daniel. That's why we taught this. Uh, I, I, I don't know and I don't recall when God had prompted me to go back to some teaching over a decade ago that, that, that we had already been through, but with some fresh insight. Daniel was a man of incredible influence in a very ungodly culture, very opposed to his faith as a man of God. We know that in the days we're living, have people ask me, Pastor, do you think these are the last days? Are we in the end times? I, I certainly think we are rapidly approaching that return of the Lord. Uh, I, I've shared with you, I, I uh, f- through my life as a Christian, as your pastor, through my formal uh, theological training and ongoing uh, work in those uh, graduate courses, I have studied the end times and the return of the Lord, and have taught you that in series. And I've always uh, understood and believed what what I saw in Scripture, that uh, what what we understand is that there would be a pre-tribulation rapture, that, that Christ would come for the church, we would rise to meet him in the air, the tribulation period would begin uh, of seven years, God wrapping up that final seven he prophesied to Daniel. And it's connected in the book of Revelation. During that seven years, the, the Antichrist would rise to power over the world. The mark of the beast would be exercised in the middle of that seven years. Uh, he would have convinced even the nation of Israel he was the Messiah. But he would turn on them in the middle, uh, going into the rebuilt temple and desecrating it uh, with a pig, an unclean animal, sacrificed there. It's called the abomination of desecration. And so, I, I you know, was understanding that, I would think, wow, how would someone rise to power that quickly? How would someone, uh, what could happen, what series of events could take place that some individual living on the planet, do you know he could be alive now? Some individual living on this planet could gain worldwide control in three and a half years. It's stunning. And I would I I believed it, I knew it by the scripture said it, but I, I would sometimes, you know, as study that think, how how would that happen? I wonder how something could shift that fast. Well, 2020 gave you a front row seat. On, front row seat. You know when the coronavirus struck, in the matter of 30 days, 30 days, every church in America closed to on-site services. 30 days, every sporting event in the country was done. 30 days, every theater was closed. Every concert was canceled. School was canceled. Every airline flight on the planet was canceled. In 30 days. In 30 days. I'm telling you, this world is so connected and interrelated now that a series of events could take place, and don't you think, come on, let's be honest, in the worst moment of the coronavirus, when everybody's still trying to figure out what it was, and how bad, and how do you contact it, and what's going to be, if somebody stands up with the answer in the middle of that, this world would have followed them like sheep to the slaughter. You talk about people worried about taking a vaccine, in the middle of that, this planet, when fear gets to that level. You, you talk about the mark of the beast. They had tattooed it on their forehead. Tattooed it on their children. Lined up in panic. We live in a series of connected events now. Where what we have read in scripture and tried to sometime imagine how would it fall in place. I'll say again. We just got a front row seat. And so we are living in a period of time where the spirit of Antichrist is moving through the world. The spirit of Antichrist is already at work. There will be an Antichrist, an individual, a person, a human being, who does those things. But the spirit of Antichrist is at work. And so here's what it's very important for you and I to see. What, I, what I'm wanting to teach us uh, in these next two or three weeks is and I go back to this, and I'm, I'm thinking about, uh, why does the Holy Spirit direct us to look at Daniel again? And then what I'm going to start today in this series on influence is actually a, a revisit of a companion series to Daniel that I taught a decade ago called Invest, Increase, and Influence. When I look at those truths, I'm amazed because 10 years ago, if this is how God works, God had preempted everything we're going through now. God was preparing us to understand who we are, why we are in this moment. Everybody still with me today? In other words, what we're seeing is our role, our privilege, our responsibility in this day is not to run and hide, not to give up, not to become negative, or we're completely aware and connected with the realities of what's here. But I want to say again, as God blessed, favored, and used Daniel in Babylon, God wants to bless, favor, and use his church to bring influence in this nation. In the face of this ungodly culture Of this spirit of Antichrist That would like to usurp everything That we call holy God wants to work And I want you to listen to me This culture is not our enemy People are not our enemy Is everybody with me right now? Satan is trying to pull the church Into a polarized political viewpoint And miss the whole mark We are above that Our calling is above that Our mission supersedes that And so we are here not to fit in a kingdom that is deteriorating, but to usher in a kingdom that has no end. We are the church. Come on. We are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are the hope of this world. We carry the good news. Not some good news, the good news. That's who we are. And God chooses to use us to bring influence for his kingdom. I'll define that in a moment. So, so I'm interested. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, God, let me hear what you want us to hear, uh, because I don't know. There's some, it's, it's really a challenge for me to go back and take this information and 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 to bring it to us again with a fresh perspective. Because I, you know, as a pastor, you don't want people to say, "Well, geez, is he running out of stuff to say?" You know, that, that's how pastors think. That's how speakers say. Well, you mean, what? You, you couldn't find anything else. You had to go back and grab that. No, I mean, it, it, it's not my nature to do that. But what happens, God's saying something to us. And we want to have ears to hear. And I want to obey the Lord. So so we, we need to understand our posture. We need to understand our attitude. Uh, this word influence is critical to the church right now. But we must understand how we influence how do we get to that point to create the influence God desires us to have? Let me be very clear. It is God's will for his church to be influential. It is God's will for you to create influence in your circles. Everybody with me? How do we do that? It's not that complicated. We are here to really to do two things, to know Jesus and to make him known everybody with me to know Jesus and to make him known we're the salt we're the light we're to create influence but i want you to get this definition because we we may have not understood how to create influence we're in such an antagonistic system today that we think influence is a force or is forced. But listen to this definition. I don't know if we have this here, but we will if not. This is uh, the definition of influence. It is, look at this, the capacity to have an effect, look at this, on the character, the development, or the behavior of someone. You see that? But here's the rest of this definition that you've got to see. The act of causing an effect without force or direct command. We would think if I'm going to influence, I'm going to have to exercise that with force. I'm going to have to tell somebody what to do. But the real meaning of influence I think is fascinating because what a true Christian viewpoint that influence is not what I make you do. It's what I inspire you to do. Influence is not what I forced you to do. It's not what I demanded you to do. It's not what you had to do. It is something that my life creates as an effect of being around me influences how we cause people to look at their character, their life, their behavior, their hope, what's in front of them. Not because I commanded you to, forced you to, made you to, but out of your own choice watching our life, you said there's something about that I must encounter. There's something about that lifestyle that draws me. There's something about this character that demands my respect and I honor it whether I agree with it or understand it." I recognize that that's influence think about it in the negative context what happens what do they call it when a person gets pulled over for driving when they've had too much alcohol it's what a d dui what does that stand for driving under the influence so what happened as a result of the alcohol their behavior their character I can drive home I've done this 30 times this month (laughs) okay, you with me their behavior their character their thinking is influenced because of the presence of alcohol you and I are positioned like Esther in this world for such a time as this that our love for God our lifestyle that we live The way we love our enemies, the way we pray for those who curse us, the way we serve with the heart of Jesus, the way we live this life is so powerful and dynamic that the people around us are L-U-I, living under the influence of the Spirit of God operating in our lives. Everybody with me right now? That's the plan of God. Influence. Influence. Uh, But but how do we get there? Think about this. I'm going to read some scripture. Don't worry. I am preaching. I'm just getting us there today. Okay? I'm some groundwork. All right. So, so think of this. Who are the influencers in the kingdom of man today? Who are the influencers? We, think of a new title that's being used now. What, what, what are the, who, who are the movers and shakers? They, they, they were unknown. They were, had no platform. They may not have a government title. But now we call them social Social influencers. Social influencers. Because of the, the ability to on the social media platform. Social influencers. Watch these words. Very interesting. So what causes a person to be recognized as a social influencer? What, what, why do we say they're in that category? Because they have thousands of what? Yo. Do you realize that all these things, it's amazing that God speaks to us in his word And we see happening around us that now we have a handful of influencers followed by millions of people. Followers. How do I know I'm an influencer? Well, I have followers. Why is our culture so ripe for social influence? Stay with me. Because we now live in a culture that has been primed to follow. We live in a culture that has been put in a position by the enemy of this world waiting on a man to rise up and lead them to the most depraved depths because we have been conditioned to follow I'm telling you today that God wants to use what the enemy meant for destruction and raise up the voice of his church and create millions of followers to follow Jesus in this time that we're living. Can you see the process of this? Followers. How are you an influencer? Because you have followers. It doesn't matter what your education was. It doesn't matter your degree, your pedigree, your family history, your last name, your first name, your address, your bank account. It's determined by followers. And I'm telling you today, it's the plan of Almighty God to begin to create influence through His church, through the power of His Holy Spirit and His Word that followers, people that are easily influenced, begin to see the example of the church living out the gospel in front of their eyes, and and we begin to see it happen. I say to you today, there is no shortage of followers, but there is a void of true influencers that God is waiting to raise up in this hour and bring incredible impact in this world so we have to understand so so do you follow me do you see my thinking my reasoning do you see what the holy spirit wanting us to see so how do we realize his influence how does the church uh in, in like daniel in babylon but not of babylon are you with me see don't don't we we don't drink the kool-aid we, we we don't influence the world by becoming the world. <laughs> we, we we don't create change if we're changed. Everybody with me? We we don't move the needle if we're on the wrong side of the needle. All right, so so how do we do that? Hey, Daniel's in Babylon, four different regimes. He influences. He influences. Do you realize that he was more influential than the king he served? Do you realize that the kingdom of God influence has no limits above or beneath? that you don't have to be the president to have more influence in a nation than the highest office of the nation. We don't run away and hide. We don't fuss and fume. We don't take our toys and leave because we don't like who's in the White House. We rise up in the name of Jesus and realize like Daniel that no matter what happens in the work of man, the kingdom of God has been put here for such a time as this. We're in it, we're not of it. See, we're 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 on the earth, but we're of God's kingdom. Everybody with me. I need to help you get comfortable going against the grain. I want you to become comfortable not fitting in. I want you to begin to accept the fact I'm gonna give it to you. Do you know that 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 Jesus had a handful of followers? He started off with twelve. And then you read, we just read in the, our offering time, 5,000 men and their families were following him. He, his Man, his followers were blowing up, we could say. Jesus went viral without the internet. He went viral. His teachings went viral. Everybody was downloading his podcast. He had more followers than anybody you can imagine. But then he went to the cross and they all left him yes sir so are you with me i'm going to tell you that influence has followers i'm going to tell you that in this world you may have a season where all your followers leave you but 3 days later when he was raised from the dead and he began to fulfill the purposes of god those thousands that left him have been replaced by over a billion on this planet now who says king of kings and lord of lords. So my question, are you willing to lose some of your followers to take up the cross and follow him? And as you become a follower of Jesus in an Antichrist culture, God will do something in your life and create influence far greater than you ever could have imagined. But there may be a season when you carry a cross by yourself. I have to tell you the truth. Have to tell you the truth. See, uh, we, we we have to understand we're in this world, but we're not of this world. I don't want to help you. There's a way of living our life that will never result or produce the things you're chasing after. You'll never find it. You'll never find the peace that you're searching for. You'll never find the fulfillment that you're craving. You'll never find your purpose. Your marriage will never be what you wanted it to be. Your relationships will be fragmented. You'll never live life at the highest level if the pattern we follow is the kingdom of man. It just won't, we can't result there. See, see, we cannot follow a, a, a pattern of a fallen culture. I can't invest my time and my talent and my treasure in a dying culture and expect that I'll end up with what Jesus promised me. Everybody with me? Look, look at Jeremiah 29, 11, just in case you forgot it. This is what God says. I have plans for you. Hallelujah declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope in the future leave that up in other words I will never find that following another culture I'll never end up there with the kingdom of man if I invest my time my talent my treasure pursuing things contrary to this I never go there I never find that end game if my road is taking me in another direction. Look at 3 John 2 in the King James translation. These are the things God says. 3 John chapter 2. You got that, King James? Beloved, aren't you glad he's beloved? Come on. On Valentine's Day, come on, say, he loves me. Come on, tell that. You've been worrying. Nobody loves me. Yes, they do. Nobody sent me a valentine. Yes, he did. <laughs> Your roses are going to die. That candy's going to make you fat. But he sent something to you a long time ago. Beloved, look at this. I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health. Come on, how many are thankful there's a God plan for your life? That you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. But I'll never arrive at that destination trying to create influence with an earthly process. I choose that. How many choose these verses we've just read? So, so if Pastor, I get it. We're 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 in two worlds. We're like Daniel in Babylon, but not of Babylon. I'm in this world. I'm I'm gonna go to work. I'm I'm, I'm gonna raise my family. I'm gonna pay my bills. I'm gonna go to school. I'm going to get an education. I'm going to live in this world, but I'm not of this world. It's not my source. It's not my end. It's not where I'm going. I'm here to influence it, not be influenced. How many understand what I'm saying? The goal of a believer in this culture is to be the thermostat, not the thermometer. The thermometer just hangs out and tells you what's going on. The thermostat controls the atmosphere of the room. How many are with me right now? See, I am in it, I'm not of it. I'm in the room, but I'm not of the room, (laughs) I'm connected to the resources of heaven and the will and the purpose of God. So, so, so Pastor, how, how do I break years of faulty patterns? How do I break out of strongholds that race through my mind? I, let, me, let me help you. I want to ask you a question. Do you love your family more than you love God? Do you love your tradition more than you love God do you is your loyalty more to any earthly entity more than God see Jesus said if you're gonna be his follower if we're going to create influence by first following he said you're gonna have to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me that's What did he tell Abram? If, If you want to transition from Abram Living in the heathen place of Haran Halfway to the promise If you're happy to live there Then don't change anything But if you want to become Abraham He said you're going to have to leave your country Leave your father's house Leave your people And come follow me I love my wife more than I love myself. I want to live, this is what I pray, God fulfills tonight, Lord let us live long, healthy, effective lives. That's what I pray, long, healthy, effective lives. But it would be my honor to lay my life down for her. I love her. I would die to give her one more breath. I would do anything for her, but God first. If I ever love her more than God then I've ruined our relationship. If I ever put her in the place where only God can occupy my life, it begins to die right there. And so we have to make some... I know, I'm, I know, I'm, I know this is real stuff. But I want you to understand there is a pathway to influence, which this world is dying to have real influence and we have to take God's way. We can't, we can't substitute. There aren't plans B, C, D, E, F, G. There's A. There's the plan. And so how do I break these patterns? What sets me free from the strongholds and the thinking of this world and everything that we've been trained, everything that we've been taught you have to do if you're going to get ahead? If you're going to be an influencer, then you've got to climb the ladder and crawl over people and do this and do it. How, how do we get out of that? How do we break that? Go to Romans 12, 1 and 2. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Pastor, how do I do do that? I mean, I know how the world works. Huh? I know how this world works. I know know the systems of man. but, But how do I reach this place God has for us? I believe it's God's will for us to be influential. How do I get there from where I am? All right? So he says, look at this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters. We've gone over this verse many times. In view of God's mercy the perspective of what he's saying is that you have to consider the mercy of God in view of God's mercy listen what is grace is giving me what I did not deserve how many are thankful for grace by grace you say so grace gives us what we didn't deserve listen listen and mercy (laughs) keeps me from getting what I do deserve anybody with me Anybody ever thank God you didn't get what you deserved? Thank God that he took the punishment. Thank God that the cross. Okay. So in view of God's mercy, here's what he says we do. I offer my body, myself, as a living sacrifice. God, I belong to you. I'm I'm yours. Holy and pleasing to God. This is true and proper worship. Listen, you may come to church. You may be online. You you may have a Bible with your name on it. You may have stuff. You you may have your favorite worship song. We we may have, you know, we we may have learned the Christian stuff. How many understand what I'm talking about? You know, we know how to, you know, we know how to... You know, different cultures, different churches do it different ways. You know, you may have, well, are you, you know, you, you may be too millennial and cool to, you know, you just worship like this. You know, you're too bad. Get your hands out of your pocket. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching good. You know, you're young and cool. I'm cool. I'm too cool to worship, you know. I'm just going to hang. I'm just chill with Jesus no boy get up put a backbone on your back get your hands out of your pocket praise God don't shout me down <laughs> there's nothing wrong with you some of you know played golf all week fished all day but you're old and you come to church I can't get up you can't get up what do you mean you can't get up you've been running around all week doing everything you wanted to get to church the spirit of lazy jumps on you I can't can't get up can't get up Too old, can't get up. Jesus, help us. Or some of you guys, man, you guys, you you got your old ego. I'm bad to the bone. Some of you men, I'm bad, I'm bad. I'm not going to raise my hand. How how would that look? To Get my hand up. Might look like you knew what you are doing. That's what it might look like. I'm not going to sing out loud. I don't sing. Well, you should sing. David sang. I bet he can whip your behind any day he wanted to. How you like that? He can kill a giant with a rock that you would run running from like a rabbit. I'm too, I'm too big of a man to raise my hands. Come on. How, what, does that look manly? Hmm. Well, all depends on who you're trying to please. Okay, I'll stop. I can tell I'm ruining this whole message right now. What am I trying to do? I'm trying to shock you. I'm saying everything. I'm shocking you because I'm trying to get us to think outside our human carnal limitations and realize that worship isn't some religious exercise I've learned to do or not do that I mindlessly go through in a church service so everybody thinks I'm spiritual, but the real worship is when I give myself to God. That's the real worship. And when I do that, look at verse 2. Verse 2. Same chapter. There you go. Look at this. What happened? Do not conform to the pattern of this world, here's this word, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So what happens is, Pastor, how do I get out of these patterns? How do I break these strongholds? How do I stop living in the kingdom of man and start moving into the kingdom of God? It all begins by giving myself to him. It begins when I say, Lord, here's my life. Here I am. I'm, my life's a living sacrifice. Worship's not what I do. It's who I am. I'm not just going to church. I'm serving God. I'm not just going through the motions. I love you. I don't just keep you in my pocket for insurance. You're my God. You're my Lord. 24-7, I worship you. I love you. I've made a choice to follow you. I'm going to do what the Word says. I'm going to trust in you, my God. And as that begin to hack begins to happen, a transformation. Listen, a miracle, a revolution, a brand new thing begins to happen to me from the inside out. I am so changed by my encounter with the living God and His Spirit that now lives in me that my very thinking begins to be different than what it was like. I stop looking at life with George first and I start looking at life with honoring my God, serving the people that love. I pray God give me a passion, let me love what you love, let me hate what you hate, let me do what you do. let me serve like you serve. I am not in this kingdom. I'm in the kingdom of God. this kingdom's not my source. my God is my source. I am willing to lay down my life, take up my cross, follow you everywhere because you will change me. Transform me Break me free Don't you want a life Where all the things that have held you Hurt you Broken you Bound you Where all those strings are cut And you're free for the first time in your life To do what God Put you on this earth to do That's where this happens That's what this is all about But it doesn't come on my terms It comes on his terms I begin to be changed from the inside out. Church, we need a miracle. We need the supernatural power of God. I, I, I don't understand why churches in this day, in this culture, wrestle with a theology and a doctrine to undermine the present experience of the Holy Spirit. Why would we try to prove that he's not the same God that he always is? Why would I try to tell you that he can't do the miracles today that he has done throughout Scripture? Why would I tell you that you can live for him today without the same power that raised him from the grave? Why would we say that we need less of God in this day when we need more than we have ever had? We need something supernatural to move inside my life and break the strongholds that bound me. Anybody with me? See, somewhere, sometime in my spiritual journey, listen to me, I have to make a decision. Am I going to trust God? Am I all in? Or am I going to walk the fence, play the game, play let's make a deal? Am I in this thing or not? Am I with him or am I not? Are you with me? Am I going to go for this or not? Look at 2 Corinthians 9, verses 10 and 11. It's really where I'm going to spend most of my time in the next two weeks, but I had to get us here. Look at this. Now, he who supplies, who's the supplier? Okay. What? Seed. Now, listen. I know there's been a bunch of guys that preach seed giving and seed and da-da-da-da-da. And, 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 and did it just to get a bigger offering and manipulated the church. Listen to me. But seed time and harvest is God's plan. He created the earth to operate that way. When he, when he created this earth and put vegetation, trees on it, you know what he put inside those things? Seed. So they would bear harvest. So there's a determined future. So there's an order in how things work. And seed time and harvest, investment, increase and influence is not about my money, it's about my life. Every aspect. Are you with me? He who supplies seed, he's the supplier. And what does he give us? Seed. And what are we called? Everybody get that? Let me come back again. Now he, God, who supplies the seed... There's something God puts in your life that has the potential to increase and influence. But I have to sow it. Are you with me? I have to invest it. I have to release it. I have to give it. And he gives me bread for food. So while I'm sowing, he's going to feed me. Do you get that? While I'm letting go, he's, he's taking care of me. Now he who supplies seed to the store and bread for food will also supply and, look at, and do what? And increase your store of seed. You don't eat seed, you plant seed. I'll teach you some more. And he will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Just one more verse, verse 11. You'll be enriched in what way? Do you see the kingdom of God? Do you realize that nothing in man's kingdom has the ability to stop this? Except me. Except me holding on instead of investing. Nobody can stop the harvest if I do what I'm supposed to on the front end. You'll be enriched in every way. Why? See, this is... Get this. A lot of people have read these verses and put a period right there. I'll be enriched in every way. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If that's the case, some, some people look at giving tithe and offering... Like at your IRA. It's not about anybody else. It's about you investing for your future. They just put a period right there. That's good. Oop, close your Bible. They got verse uh, 10 and 11 underlined all the way to here. And that's it. No more yellow highlighter after that. It's done. Oh, you mean there's not a period there? There's not even a comma there. Why are we enriched in every way? So that it can be generous on every occasion. Oh, you mean it didn't stop with me? <laughs> Influence is the end game. Influence. Influence. Increase is the middle. Influence is the goal. So that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will do what? Result. Thanksgiving to God. Do you see that this entire plan that God ordained From creation. This kingdom of God principle begins with you and I investing, releasing, planting, obeying, doing what God put us on this earth to do. This incredible storehouse of the kingdom of God lives within us, and this world's waiting to be influenced. As you and I recognize, my life must be given to God. My life has to come before Him. I want to give you a couple of statements. We're going to understand as we go forward. To expect, let's go back to verse 10. To expect increase without investing first is illogical. If I'm expecting increase without investing, it's illogical. There will never be increase unless first I invest, unless first I plant, unless first I obey. So expecting increase without investing is unrealistic. You got me? Second statement. To try to experience increase without understanding influence is shallow and selfish. They're interrelated. They're interdependent. They're inseparable if we're going to watch God's purpose happen. See, so, so that's why, you know, Daniel's journey so parallels ours. We, we, we have to make some choices. We have to decide what we're going to do. We, we, we have to decide, are we going to trust God? I'm skipping through, guys, some verses here, so so stay with me. Let's go to Matthew. I want you to look at Matthew chapter 5 and verse 21. Let, let me try to bring us to a landing point today so we can pray and respond. Matthew 5, verse 21 through 22. See, we have to make a decision somewhere. Am I going to trust God? Am I going to step into the kingdom? You know what? You, do you know what grips my heart is that how many people... How many Christians are going to go to heaven? Listen to me. You're going to go to heaven because you accepted Christ as your Savior, but you never lived inside the kingdom. You're going to go to heaven, but you never lived in the kingdom here on earth. You never made a decision to step out of this kingdom. So, okay. My life is yours. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to do what you said. I'm going to break out of my traditions. I'm going to break some patterns my grandfather had. I'm going to leave this to go with you. Look at this. Over and over and over and over again, you hear Jesus say this. You have heard, kingdom of man, that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But then the next, you've got 22, I may not have given you that. Look at this. But I tell you, you have heard, but I tell you, you have heard, but I tell you, do you see that over and again? You know, the very first thing Jesus said in Matthew chapter four, he said his first thing he preached, it said, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come. Give yourself a living sacrifice walk away from your life repent means to turn the direction I'm walking in and change the way I think remember Romans 12 what does it mean to repent repent doesn't mean man I'm sorry I got caught repent doesn't mean man it stinks to get caught repent doesn't mean don't let me face the punishment repent means man I've been walking in the wrong direction I've been living this dead-end life I'm sorry I turn and start following Jesus. I change the way I think. I change the way I look at life. I'm not looking at everybody trying to get ahead. I'm looking at God, my source, and saying, love through me. Live through me. Let me live this life. You have heard but I say. See, what, what begins to happen is that we have to begin to determine, are we going to believe him? Are we going to trust him? Are we going to implement his word in our life and trust him to be who he says he is? See, let me close with this. There were two houses a parable Jesus gave. and, And one was built on the sand and one was built on the rock. Watch this. The houses looked the same. It was the foundation that was different. And he said, the difference is this, not what they heard, but what they obey. So the house on the sand, listen to me, heard the same thing, the house on the rock. Are you ready for this? They both said in the same church and they heard the same word. You can't tell by looking who's obeying. But one just heard it, went home and said, that was a good sermon. What do you think? Well, something to think about. Mm. Something to think about. It's a good idea. Phyllis and I have a code. <laughs> when somebody gives us a bad idea, I want to be kind because I'm a pastor. This is my code. I shouldn't tell you this because you're going to, you got me now. I'm in it now, and I can't go any further. We got a little code. If somebody gives me a crazy idea and I know I can't do it, if I try to be I say, That's a thought. That's a thought. It was a thought. I'm not going to do anything with it, but that was a thought. You understand? I can't do everything everybody wants me to do. You understand that? Don't you? But I'm going to be kind. And so if I ever tell you that's a thought, don't get offended. It means I loved you enough to not insult you, but we ain't going there. Okay. So I'm preaching my heart out here on Sunday, and I know there's some people leaving going, That's a dog. Watch this. Which kingdom are we living in? Are we living in the kingdom of listening? And we're on the sand? Or are we living in the kingdom of God? But I say, You've heard, but I say, Now I'm on rock. Watch this. And you know what proves? Obedience or not the storm You never knew who was real till the storm came you never knew what was legit to the winds beat and the waters rose. But when I'm in the kingdom of God are you with me? I don't live in fear of tomorrow because I've been obedient today I'm not living in stress and anxiety because I'm there now. Let me ask you something We're talking about an endgame of influence when the storm hits America When the storm hits your family, when the storm hits your business where you work, and everybody else has fallen, and your house is standing, who has the influence when the storm is over? Who has the influence? Then people start saying, uh, I want what that guy had. I want what that lady had. I want to know why they made it when the rest of us went under. I want to know why this house stood when the rest of it fell. Our, you know, my kids rebelled and their kids rebelled. But we fell and they stood. I've got prodigal sons and daughters and they've got prodigal. Let's see, the difference in the kingdom is not that we never face the storm. But when the storm is over, our house is on the rock. Why? Because... We didn't live over here with what you heard. I lived over here with what he said. I invest myself in the kingdom. Let's stand together. I want you to stand with me. I got about one third of today's done. We may have to be in this more than three weeks, okay? How many are ready to trust him? I want a worship team to come to say, Lord, I just trust you. Guys, somewhere, are you with me? Let's not just stop on our path and say i'm going to heaven but let's say i'm going to live in the kingdom on my way i'm going to live in the kingdom on my way i'm not going to just make it to heaven however that's a wonderful blessing but i'm here to influence i'm here to influence my salvation is not just fire insurance are you with me my salvation is not just i get to go to a good place when i die and believe me you want to go there you want to go there you don't want the option It's still there. Regardless of what you hear in church today, there's still a real heaven, there's still a real hell. There's a real heaven you want to go to and a real hell you don't want to go to. But the question is, I'm saved, I'm born again, I gave my life to Jesus, but am I going to live in the kingdom? Am I going to do what he said? Am I going to trust his word? Am I going to live over here in what man says and strongholds and thought patterns and, and, and never break out of that? Am I, am, am I going to die the way I was born? Am I even going to end up the way I got saved? Or am I going to grow in the things of God? Am I going to let go of some stuff? Am I, listen, am I going to forgive some people? You know, I, I, listen. You, you don't want to go to heaven an angry, bitter, narrow, depressed, lack-living person. You want to leave this earth. And when you do, People stand around your casket and say, I'm a better person because of them. They invested in my life. They loved me when no one else loved me. They believed in me when no one else believed in me. Listen, you can be you can be broke. Can I sell it? You can be Poe. I mean just Poe. And be an amazing investor in the kingdom of God. Amazing investor. Who am I gonna love? Who am I going to believe in? Who am I going to serve? Who am I going to encourage? Who am I going to pour my life in? (laughs) You know, I don't don't want to tell the details. It's their testimony, not mine. Somebody shared with me this morning. They'd been (laughs) having some of their children's friends, some little young girls, like probably preteens, what for some reason want to come spend the night with them on Saturday night. <laughs> and and, and they've, they've been thinking, this is too much aggravation. Keep me up at night. You know what it's like. I know what it's like. I don't know if you do. I know what it's like. Have a house full of girls. Lord have mercy. They can make some noise. And I got shocked. They can eat some food too. I thought it was all the boys. but they could That's another day. And so... This individual said, I, I can't keep doing this on Saturday night. I got to go to church. We even, I got to stop this. We got to fear something else. <laughs> so he's dealing with that. And we all understand that, don't we? This past week, the great grandmother of one of those kids saw him out. She began to weep. She said, One of those. Little girl's my great great-grandda- my great granddaughter. So I've been praying for years that somebody in my family get back in church. She began to weep and said, "God's been so good to me. I was able to live and not die before I saw it." Now sometimes in the kingdom that we're called to. You gotta get dirty. Hear what I'm saying? Yeah. gotta do some things that aren't easy for you because it's not about us. You gotta help some people that need help because they need help, not because they're gonna help you. You understand what I'm saying? You see where influence really comes from? It's, it's, it's when I don't do what everybody else does, it's when I love the guy that doesn't love me. <laughs> You understand that? You've got to begin to be comfortable with not fitting in this system. Amen. We're not ugly. We're not, well, how do, you know, you're, you're not Aunt Esther. That's too old for some of you. Go to Saturday Night Live. That's over. You're not the church lady. You understand? <laughs> but we're just going to love Jesus. We're going to love people. We're going to do what he says, not just what I've heard all my life. I'm going to invest myself in what matters. And God said, we're going to influence now. You're going to have a house that stands when everything else fell. That's influence. You see, you didn't command. You didn't force. People started coming over and saying, "Um, could I get in the house? Could you tell me how you built this house? When I lost it, but you influence. You see that influence? It's not earthly influence. It's godly influence. God wants an influence. He wants to use you. I want us to pray. Come on, right now. Would everybody pray online? Don't you dare miss this. On site, come on, let's pray right now. Father, would you, look at me, look at me. You know, maybe that's too much for you. Would you give him that? Just surrender. So here it is. Would you, everybody, if you're willing, would you say, God, I want out of this old kingdom. I want to trust you. I don't want to play Christian. I want to be Christian. God, I want to be what you call me to be. God, we believe you want to use your church to bring revival to America. We believe you want to use your church to answer the prayers of great grandmothers, my God, who have been weeping over their family. God, we, we say here we are. We surrender. We trust. <laughs> we believe you. We want to be transformed from the inside out. So changed that we think differently than we used to think. We've broken out of the patterns of unforgiveness and revenge and despair and anger and depression and guilt and shame. And we've come into the kingdom of our God. Live through us. Love through us. Influence through us. But today we say... We invest our life in the kingdom. We give our life to you, Jesus. We trust you to take care of us, Jesus. We believe and will love those who who don't love us and pray for those who curse us that we will see the hand of God rest on us, Jesus. You already have in mind what you're going to do. You're just looking for someone to trust you. Right where we are. Right in the moment. God, it's our greatest hour. The culture's never been darker. So the light has never shined brighter. Jesus. What a moment. God, we're ready to get out of the limitations and live an unlimited life. To live a freedom life. To live the life you put us on this earth to live. Here we are. Here we are. Before I do anything else, I invest My life in your hands. I give my life away so you can use me. Lord, I'm safe there. (laughs) I'm blessed there. I'm provided for there. I'll have influence there. I'll go to heaven and hear you say, good job. Good job. Well done. Good job. Lord, I want to please you. Thank you for who you are. God, we just look at our lives, see our hands, see our hearts. Lord, we can't do it by ourselves. We have to have a miracle. We have to be transformed. We've been stuck in these patterns for a long time, and they are strong and big, but God, you're greater. And so today we pray, break the strongholds, break the patterns, set us free from the inside out. (laughs) <laughs> oh, guys, right now, God's working. There's some, there's some surgery going on right now. Come on, let him have it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Some things are falling down. Some strongholds are starting to, to, to tumble. Some of you are scared to death. You know, I used to not like that term. But maybe you're scared to the death of yourself. And maybe you're about to have a resurrection right now. A transformation right now. Lord, it's scary to let go, but it's damaging to hold on. So we just let go right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I hear the Holy Spirit saying, God, I'm not trying to prolong, but man, the Holy Spirit's working in this place. He's working online right now. Listen, I just heard the the, the Lord say, there's some people that are here right now. You've been so codependent on man to prop you up and get you through. And make you feel good. And you wonder why you keep being disappointed. And the Holy Spirit says if you'll let go of what man can do right now. And take hold of what God can do. There is a level of freedom that's going to enter your life. The Lord says you're going to hear what you haven't heard. My, my. You're going to see what you haven't seen. Because you're moving out of a place of bondage into a kingdom of freedom. Jesus. Jesus. Guys let's trust him right now Would you say just in your own way Whatever that means to you Say God you've got me I trust you I release I trust you I release I trust you I release I trust you I give you my life Lord I I know you're in control You've got this thing I don't have to worry about the storm I just need to obey you today And you've got me tomorrow I have a foundation That the wind can't push over That the waters can't move I belong to you I'm, I'm yours there's safety here in the name of Jesus my greatest risk to die to myself will bring the greatest protection that I've ever known because I'm in the hands of God thank you 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 God, thank you, God. Lord I thank you right now I praise you right now thank you Holy Spirit for the work you're doing for the work you're doing Thank you, Lord. Come on, guys. Let's just pray together. Lord, just say your prayer. Your prayer where you are. Let's make this church an altar. Let's make your home an altar. Come on. In your own words, say, Lord, I surrender to you today. Lord, I trust you today. Lord, I worship you with my life today. I may have sung a lot of songs and done a lot of dancing clapped a lot of hands, but today I'm giving you my spiritual act of worship. Today I'm in Romans chapter 12 and verse number 1, and I'm worshiping you as a living sacrifice. Lord, I'm moving out of this halfway. uh, Walk the fence, in and out, up and down. I just say, here I am. I trust you. Here I am. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's the first step. You repent. To come into the kingdom. Jesus said the kingdom's here. Repent and come on in. Repent and come on in. Repent and move on in. I'm going to take you to influence. I'm going to move you to increase. But you repent. You invest. You trust to start. Father we thank you for that today. We praise you for your plans and purposes. For what you want to do. Thank you Jesus.